Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan, Brian Murphy, and Kendrick Johnson. Uh, gentlemen, it is a Monday morning, and we are right in the thick of the home stretch of high school basketball season, which means, I guess, over the next couple of weeks, we will have all of our coaches convene for their respective districts to vote on things like the all-district list, district MVP, offensive player of the year, and whatnot. Um, and obviously, that's, uh, that's some nice, fun uh, water-cooler talk as far as just speculating who from our respective coverage areas might be in the mix to win one of those awards. So let's devote an entire podcast episode to it. Uh, first off, have you guys ever um, ever had like a reader or somebody reach out to you basically just uh, under the impression that you have a role in how the All-District team is voted on and that you might have wronged their kid for making the list or anything to that ilk? I, I mean, I, I've had people suggest things, and yeah. I, I've actually attended a few mm-hmm. All-District meetings. And, and granted, it's, it's the dynamic is always different. Uh, when you go like to a Garland ISD, when it's mostly Garland ISD teams, yeah. it's more like a, a fun event because most, most times they're in agreement with everything thing it's just to sit down eat some good food go over and most of the stuff is pretty simple when you have more uh, a district like 11 6 like the current 11 6 8 not that i've been to a meeting but when you have like say three schools from mesquite isd two schools from rockwell isd long you and john or tyler lee they're gonna are gonna yeah. band together uh it makes things a little bit more contentious from what i understand <laughs> in terms of voting over certain things because you got certain you know everybody has their side and there's you know there's Voting blocks do, you know, do, do happen. So um, it's interesting. But, yeah, I mean, we have no say in the matter. We can kind of, I guess, people cut out our articles or, you know, print it out online and whatnot in terms of, hey, look this. But I've had coaches ask me, like, who should they put up? Or they had a kid that went off against them. Is he really that good? Or he just had that outlier game against us. That type of yeah, thing. Yeah, I've, I've, had, I've had coaches ask me about that kind of thing. Hey, you've seen this guy more than I have. Well, 85A should have asked me last year. When <laughs> I, I wanted to step in that meeting. You wrote a full-on and, and, column about it. And is that first go? Oh, that's, that's uh, little. Um, are you R- so bad R- about RJ Hampton? No, I was. I was mad about it last year. Just how can you give that dude, you know, offensive player? I, I would have loved to have been in that meeting just to see, like, what was. <laughs> obviously, they give it to Avery Anderson. They're, they won the district. Yeah, you know, he was. He went on to play Oklahoma State, so he's not a bad player. He's a really, really good player. Just, I just would have loved. To just been in that meeting and just like, what are you talking about? How are, this kid's averaging like thirty four points a game, and you're not going to give him MVP. Or, or you got the mystery votes. That's the not one, not two, but three district MVPs in the same district. Never oh seen that my life. Well, and it's it's almost like it's an unwritten rule in a lot of districts that whoever the MVP is is the best player on the district championship mm-hmm. team. Now, not not everybody conforms to that, but it just seems like a lot of times that's the way it turns out. Yeah. It's just fun, yeah, because you see an all-district list and you look at it, and, man, I, wish, I just wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see just what the discussions were like <laughs> and how they arrived at this conclusion. It's, I don't know, I always look forward to, uh, you know, to all-district talk and whatnot. So, but, yeah, nevertheless, so let's talk about just some of the players that could potentially be in the mix in our respective coverage areas for, um, yeah, for district MVP, for another superlative or what have you. Um, we're going to start and talk, um, talk some 
boys basketball in the first half of the podcast. We'll do the girls on the uh, the backside. So, um, I don't know, Brian, is there any sort of district uh, MVP race that's really kind of got your attention right now that you think might be uh, you know worth bringing to the table? Well, if you give it to the best player on the best team, it could be between five guys right now. Five, mm-hmm. you know, there's five teams fighting for a district championship. In, about the All Frisco district. In the All Frisco district, yeah. yeah. You know, you have Independence and Wakeland at 11 and four. You have Centennial Memorial at 10 and five, uh, and then you have Frisco at nine and six. Do you give it to you know Xavier Savage of Centennial, who's mm-hmm. been just on a scoring tear, um, or do you give it to Cooper Cisco, who's been consistently leading Wakeland, averaging 16 points per game? You know, Liberty might not even make the playoffs, and they might have the best player in the district in Makai Abbey, who's really? going to go play at Liberty University. He's averaging over 16 points per game, and he's you know he he's a six foot seven guy that shoots threes and blocks shots and and does it all. It's like, well, who do you give it to? Uh, Memorial, you know, Avery Jackson and guys like Shannon Lowry, they they have some studs averaging over 15 points per game. Um, you know, they're right there, obviously in the playoff mix. You, you give it to one of the guys at Memorial. And the thing with Independence, um, they're eleven and four right now, but they don't have you know one clear cut guy way better than everyone else. Then you know their starting five is probably the best in the district, maybe right there with, with a Wakeland. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, who do you give it to? And it's it, I'd love to be at that meeting actually to see you know how do you decipher you know MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and all that stuff. And you also have to wonder what do you do when you have a team that just really prides itself on balance? Because I think that's going to be the big discussion in District Nine Six A on the boys' side is like. Right now, if you look at the standings, like Allen is, you know, they've they've clinched no worse than a share of the district title. If they get a win Tuesday against Plano West, they get their first outright district championship since 1992. But it's a team that's really kind of their identity centers around their three returning starters, Thailand Elder, Manny Obaseki, and Bryce Kennedy. So I just, which, which criteria do you value? Because they're three players that all kind of play off each other very well, you know, whereas Elder's going to be their lead scorer in a lot of nights. Manny Obaseki is kind of their, uh, the floor general, their top playmaker, and arguably their top overall defender. Uh, Bryce Kennedy is their muscle in the middle. All three of them are so complimentary, and they all have their moments to shine. Well, so. according to the Allen coach, he thinks Bryce Kennedy is the best defensive player in the district yeah. when I spoke to him after they beat Prosper. <laughs> so is he the best defensive player, or is Manny Obaseki? I thought Manny Obaseki is the best player on that team, just yeah. overall. Um, he just he does a lot of things. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt knows me. I like, I'm a Manny Obaseki fan. Me too. <laughs> I, I love his game. He, he does Get some consistency, Manny, so you can be on that McDonald's All-American team. But he has potential. When he has it going, mm-hmm. he yeah. puts on a show. But you got to see, like, in their game Friday against Prosper, they had to erase a 15-point deficit, you know, in the first half, came back and won. But you had, like, Thailand Elder was the one that willed them back there in the in the third quarter. He went on, like, I think he had a 10-0 run by himself, some tough buckets That's inside that he was getting. Right and, but then you have, um, in the fourth quarter, it's all Obaseki and Kennedy as they scored, I think, like, all but maybe three of their points in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, they all take turns. There's never any one guy that kind of outshines the rest. So you wonder how the coaches will, uh, I guess, have those discussions and where they ultimately land. Maybe you go Obaseki. MVP and then Elder is your offensive player of the year, something to that tune. What about Mondo Battle? M- what about the guys Mondo averaging Battle? Almost 20 points per game on a team that's going to the playoffs, yeah. a team that's been state ranked most much of the year. Speaking of guys that are, you know, six six, shoot threes, block shots, do a lot of things, that's Mondo Battle. How yeah. do you how's he not in the discussion? Yeah. He's not consistent. He's had a couple of clumpers. I've seen him play four times. I've seen him have twenty four and twenty two. I've seen him have six and eight. Yeah. What about um? I guess on the uh, on the newcomer of the year side, which player from McKinney is is best oh, positioned to easy. get it? Jacoby Walter. Okay, it's your kid special. Because what your team he's a future around. MVP yeah, yeah. in whatever district they'd be aligned in. I'd be shocked that the kid does not get MVP before he graduates. He's that good. Because it was it was Alex Anamekwe that won it last year, right? Yeah, from McKinney. But he's better than Alex. How um was he the only like how, of those freshmen and sophomores? How many of them played last year? To him and um. 
uh, Vincent. I can't believe uh, Devin Vincent. Devin Vincent. Okay. And then we got Jacoby Walter and Jacoby Campbell. <laughs> Campbell. J A C O V J A K O B. While talking superlatives for nine six eight, one player who I'm curious as to how like how he factors into the mix, and I was telling you about him last week, Brian, and that's uh, Plano Senior. Their point guard Makai Dorsey is a potential Defensive Player of the Year candidate. I, I haven't seen him play this year, but I remember last year we watched that game. Remember with the playoffs, mm-hmm. he was giving them the McKinney cards, the business, and got those two steals that gave Plano a shot. Like that's the thing. he'd be locking people down. He's the in your face. That's, that's in what your Matt job. Was He had. I, I, I don't think that I, was his last year. So I'm pretty sure he's better this year as a I, senior. I don't know how many times. I can't recall the last time I saw a player at the high school level that was as adept at just like stripping you one on one, not within, feet. not within like you know just as a, as a result of your scheme or anything like that, but just like just natural go, talent go, go and, and reflexive abilities. He had against uh, I've seen Plano Senior twice this year, um, and he had four steals in both games. And there were, uh, in, the, in the game Tuesday against Jesuit, which went a long way towards locking up a potential playoff spot for them. He had I mean he was responsible again. He only had four steals, but there were probably about maybe six or seven turnovers that just his defense alone caused. I've just never seen a player that is like, it's feel like you, you dribble in his path at your own peril, it feels like. Um, but yeah, it's just such a, uh, I mean, just game-changing defensive skills, and I'm curious to see where he factors into the mix. Just a sophomore, so he's still got a sophomore. long, yeah, just a long, he's got a long he high school career freshman last year, because like, he was really, oh, yeah, yeah. he's one of the few people that does the, you know, that in, in today's time, people don't play 94 feet. That kid can play 94 yeah. feet. You, had you got like, that Patrick Beverly without the craziness. Oh, yeah. Jesuit <laughs> had the ball. They were up, you know, up, uh, up two points or whatever, just trying to dribble out the clock. And then, you know, kid tries to make a move on on Makai, but he, he reaches around, jar, pokes the ball loose. He wins a scramble, goes down, and, uh, you know, gets fouled, makes both free throws and whatnot. And um, they ended up winning the game. But, I don't know, just, just game-changing defense around. I'm curious to see if that gets recognized um, at all for, uh, for Plano Senior. Um, but then you have, like I was talking about teams that kind of thrive on balance. And you look at a team like Capel, which is currently in first place over in District 6 say and might be positioned to win a district championship again it's still a uh, again there's just a what three games left in that district but there's it's so close between you know four or five teams that it's tough to you know say you know definitively who's gonna who's gonna win the district title but that's another team that has really kind of built itself off the skill set of about three four players that all kind of take turns any given night of of, uh, of contributing you know ryan agarwal the leading scorer he can get you you know a good you know 18 to 22 points a night um you know brandon taylor anthony black and then a guy like adam musa who maybe if you have to like guess i you wonder sometimes if coach is maybe deferred to maybe the senior captain versus the promising, you know, underclassman that's probably going to have a shot at winning this, you know, these next couple of years and whatnot. So that's where a player like Adam Musa might have a bit of an edge just because of all the intangible qualities that he feels, in addition to filling up the stat sheet with his his playmaking, his scoring, and just his defense. Um, but yeah, I just, I've noticed that the, like a lot of the teams that we cover, like a lot of the better teams at least, they tend to have really, really balanced ensembles versus a team like a, like a Louisville, which, you know, is you know very, very yeah. centered around what Keontae George can do. And again, Keontae's probably going to work himself into the superlative for maybe offensive player sure, of the year yeah. or something like that. But I don't know you're just seeing whether it's, you know, whether it's Allen, whether it's Capel on the boys' side, Denton Braswell, one of the standout teams on the girls' side, teams that just, you know, night to night, it's, you, you can't really tell who's going who's gonna to be the one that goes off. Um, Devin, how about you, man? What about um, over in uh, whether it's, you know, for, uh, for Saxe or whoever, uh, <laughs> ISD, where are you? On the, uh, on the boys' side, at least, who do you kind of foresee figuring into the superlative mix in, uh, in your two districts? You know, it's, it's tough because you, you look at 10-6-A and uh, we got three games left. Wiley has already secured the outright district championship. I mean, that's with three games left, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, they, they're 11 and 0 when every other district team has four losses. Yeah. So um, oh. you're, you're basically going to, you're probably going to give it to a guy like Eli Taylor yeah. over at Wiley, uh, the best player on that team. Um, 
As far as Saxy goes, uh, Obi Onaya is an interesting player to watch in terms of he's he's going to get something superlative wise. Okay. Saxy's tied for second place right now. Um, they still have work to do, uh, but he's a guy that will go out there. He scores. He's their leading scorer. He scores 15 points a game, uh, but he also pulls down four rebounds. He dishes out four assists. He's you know averages about a steal and a half a game. He just does a little bit of everything for them. He's really kind of the guy that makes it go for that team. <laughs> so assuming Saxy can get back to the playoffs, which they put themselves in really good position, especially after last Friday's big win over South. Garland. I mean, I think he's a guy that's going to get some consideration uh, in terms of superlatives. Uh, R.J. Chapman, uh, as far as newcomer of the year goes, he's okay. a freshman. I mean, you don't see uh, you know that happen every day as far as a freshman taking on you know elite, you know a, a lot of minutes at the varsity level and being able to make an impact. Uh, he doesn't have great numbers, but if you just look in terms of what what you know what he brings to the court, uh, just something something different, something new for Saxy. Uh, it's tough, you know. Eleven six say is so jumbled up. You got uh, you know four or five teams within two games of one another. Uh, Rockwall's leading the pack. I mean, they have a guy like Sherman Brashear who's just put up big numbers all year long. Uh, Rockwall, if they win the district championship, I think he he gets the nod. Uh, but then if Horn is able to overtake them, they still have a game with Rockwall. They already beat Rockwall once. Uh, Zakir Sawyer. Uh, the ULM uh, commitments, I, I think he has an excellent chance uh, to get MVP honors uh, over there. Uh, you know, we, we kind of laughed about this earlier. 13-5A, uh, I mean, Poteet and West Mesquite have some nice players. E- Eli Huey's having a great season for, for, for West Mesquite. And Tyler Jones is a very good player for, for Poteet. But when you're in the same district as Lancaster, uh, you know. Could you, could you theoretically give every single, like, superlative to someone from Lancaster, do you think? You know what? No, I don't think so. Because okay. Mike Miles will be MVP, yeah. and Marco Foster will probably be Offensive Player of the Year, and they're probably going to give something to Wade Taylor. But yeah. that's kind of the, there. There are three standouts. I mean, you look at the Lancaster box score; they have 15 players score on a given night because they're averaging over 100 points, and their games are over by halftime. Yeah. But so, those, but those are the big ones. But uh, you know, I could I could see someone like Tyler Jones. Uh, you know, and, and you know that's that's the thing about all district. Every district is different, and you'll see some that are just really straightforward. You know, MVP, Office Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Newcomer, Coach. And then some come up with these ridiculous superlative awards that, that you know, Sixth Man of the Year, um, you know, Eighth Man of the Year. I actually saw that at one point <laughs> no. in time. Yeah, yeah, this was years ago. But, I mean, they, they – How long have you been doing this? Long enough. Uh, it's, but but they, they, they actually do based on – it kind of, it, it's, it's just kind of the, the – way it is some of them actually try to get so many different kids recognized that they'll actually you know you know make up certain superlative awards just for you know best rebounder best you know best attacker in in soccer i mean it's just you know they they do get creative sometimes so you know if they start doing that then who we we have a lot more guys to consider in sort of these discussions you seen what you have you seen rockwall play this year rockwall boys yeah yeah uh, that, 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 that every kid I see that's a hard worker named Will Partozik. Will Partozik, yeah. He's he's their second leading scorer. He's a solid player. Mm. I mean, like I said, I, mean, I mentioned Sherman Brashear is probably going to be there if they have an MVP candidate yeah. just because he's their lead scorer. But Will Partozik, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those. He's, he's solid. Shout out to Will. <laughs> before, we, uh, before we get out of here, Kendrick, I was curious. So I'm over in District 10 5A. Is there a certain player from McKinney North that you think might be better positioned to bring home a pretty big superlative? Not like last year. Last year they were in the table because they had Brandon uh, uh, Frazier was the MVP, and he was a defensive player. Mm-hmm. And then they had uh, Coach of the Year. Uh, and this year I don't know because they don't have like a really uh, a group 
they just have a, I mean, they have a core, so they have a group of players. They don't have that one star. Okay. And we are back as we continue to discuss some of the uh, the superlative talk for our respective uh, basketball districts. Um, we talked some of the boys' teams on the uh, on the first half. We're going to kick it over, talk some girls on the second half. Um, let's see, uh, Devin, let's start with Saxy, since I'm guessing they're probably going to get a few superlatives over District 10 <laughs> It feels like a safe bet at this point. Um, so that's a team, another team that, kind of like we alluded to early on, that kind of prides itself on having a very balanced identity. So with what Saxy has this year, um, who do you kind of foresee being in the mix for those superlatives at year's end? Uh, you know, I think it, it starts with Adele Tack, mm-hmm. uh, their post. Uh, you know, she's she's six one. She's not only she, is she a good. I mean, she t- signed with uh, TCU. She's not only a good post presence. They can run the offense through her. I mean, she can go to the top of the key and they will start the offense through her, and she can pass the ball. I mean, she's not a threat to shoot necessarily from out there, mm-hmm. but they are confident enough in her and in, in the way she can see the floor, um, and, and especially so. You know, once they lost their point guard Jayla Brooks before the start of the season yeah. um, happened, and. So it's just a different wrinkle. I just think that her versatility uh, and the fact that she's a dominant post in that district, uh, I would give her the slight uh, edge as far as MVP uh, voting goes. Uh, you know, Tia Harvey, um, their outstanding other senior guard, is uh, is certainly going to be in consideration. Uh, one of their best scorers. It was kind of hard to gauge Saxy sometimes on just numbers because they're one of those teams that's so dominant that their starters don't always play the number yeah. of minutes they would at normal times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Tia Harvey is certainly going to be in, in consideration. Uh, Kristen Rose is a freshman that starts for them. Uh, I mean, she's the front runner for newcomer of the year in that district. And the thing is, they have another freshman that actually plays substantial minutes, uh, Journey Chambers. And if it wasn't for Kristen Rose, uh, would probably be the front runner in that position. And Journey Chambers has been key because, like I just mentioned, Jayla Brooks – being out for the season, she's actually been able to step in as a freshman and run the point, mm-hmm. uh, which has been which has been big. So, you know, sexy is you know when you've gone four years without losing a district game and you've won sixty eight in a row, wow. district games in a row, uh, you're going to have your share of accolades, and uh, they pretty much dominate the all district list in, in recent years, and uh, but they, they will again. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, like for a district like 96A last year, this was the district that had three McDonald's All-Americans, and all three were named MVP of the district. Um, it's a bit of a different landscape this time around, and um, as we look at who's in the mix there, I feel like I jinxed poor Allen last time we talked about them on the podcast. Because <laughs> they, uh, right at the midpoint, they were 7-0 at the midpoint, and we talked about, okay, well, it feels like they've played well enough. It's probably, probably right to consider them a justified favorite for the district title. They lost their next four games, including one Kendrick to McKinney Boyd last wow, week. I <laughs> saw that. I had people text me. I'm literally yeah. like, where was I doing? I'm living in Houston, uh, walking to this uh, party with Jorge Morsmadov, and I look. I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was the boys. Like, I, I can see the boys upset in yeah. Island. So, uh, pops to the girls from yeah. McKinney Boyd with that upset at that because that's two years in a row. They went from two years not winning a single district game mm-hmm. to they've got on the they've scratched two years in a row for, for a program that was a big step in. Hopefully, turning things around. They won no district games, Devin, and they beat the top dog. <laughs> well, what's done now is that it's it's positioned Plano Senior to follow through and win the uh, the outright district title. Plano, Who's that coach of the year? I've been telling y'all. Oh yeah, yeah, no question. <laughs> and that's Coach Belcher. Shout out to you. <laughs> we can get to that in a sec, um, because yeah, now Plano they, uh, I mean, they haven't lost since that district opening setback to uh, to Allen. Um, they've uh, yeah, they've just again, this is all without their best player on the floor, Jordan Merritt. And um, so you, America, we don't need that. We still got this district. <laughs> but um, but then you look at how players like, and I think now the MVP conversation has kind of shifted to either like Michaela Edens or Amaya Brannon, two players that have taken on that scoring onus yeah. in the wake of them uh, them losing Merritt. And um, I mean they've just 
just really help steady this team and just keep them among the state's elite. Again, it's just, you know, again, it defies logic. Making this player the caliber of Jordan Merritt's, you know, of her. Of the her thing cap- that tripped me out is they got girls that are good, like them playing better or at a higher level than what they would have had she been there. Mm-hmm. And then you got somebody like Maggie that's a competitor oh, yeah. playing at an even higher level. It's like you have to watch these girls play to see. And then on top of that, they've got experience. They've been to the recent state champions, and they're not scared of nobody. They went head-to-head with the Soto. Yeah. They've been in that Duncanville tournament. So it's like, pfft, I said, say, we got this. So props to the playing on people. I don't get impressed by too many girl programs. They got to be impressed watching them in a tournament and then seeing them come up to McKinney and put on shows it, on a yearly basis. Props to y'all, and, Lady Watkins. And you had alluded to it. So will this be finally the long-awaited Coach of the Year accolade for Rodney Belcher? Who, And this is a this is a stat that still floors me. So as we all know, Plano Seniors not too far removed from a state championship. They won it back Two in uh, yeah, 2018 and whatnot. Um, that team that year, they did not have a single player get an all-district superlative. You talk about all-district meetings <laughs> that I would love to have been a fly on the wall for. How Plano Senior, which had a great year. Joy didn't get nothing? Uh, she was a sophomore coming? that year. She was a sophomore. She was a newcomer year before, yeah. and she was newcomer of the year as a freshman. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was a sophomore, but no, she, she and they, was and they she won was the 18, district 12. Too, and they won the district and didn't have a single superlative. I think I'm trying to remember if they if, Allen. I think they. I can't remember if they won if they, if they tied. Either way, they finished no, no worse than second and whatnot. But I think they might have won the district and maybe yeah maybe tied or whatnot. No worse than that. But yeah, but nevertheless, they didn't have a single player that got an all district superlative. Not MVP, not coach of the year, not, not defensive player of the year. It was a team that played incredible defense. So yeah, just they got not, that ring though. So yeah, now fast forward to the season. It's I mean you know Coach Linson's done an incredible job over at Plano East, taking one of the youngest teams in the state and turning them into a team that could potentially make a little bit of noise in the playoffs. They're Taylor looking, Hagen. She's a monster. Looking like they might finish second in the district. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Coach Belcher, again, to steady your team after losing a player like Jordan Merritt, is, that's, that's How really, really impressive work. if they had Jordan Merritt? It's they, crazy. they went state. Like I said, we, Matt saw the, I saw the very beginning and left, but you saw the whole game, right, against Soto? Um, I saw their second game against DeSoto, yeah, the one at the Duncanville tournament okay. and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's be, uh, it'd be, it, it definitely positioned them, and they still might be the favorites to come out of the region. Who knows? I don't know the rest of Region 2 right now, but um, but nevertheless, so yeah, with Merritt, it's, just, it's, it's a fascinating hypothetical because you wonder if, yeah, this team would have been you know more highly thought of as a potential state championship contender on the same tier as the, the Duncanvilles and the DeSotos if they had, uh, you know, if they had Merritt. But, um, I mean, ha- they've done a great job without That's it. That's 2010 on the bench, Brian. That's mm-hmm. how... Put, put, put that respect. That's 2010 on the bench. Um, over in District 6A, then, you have two teams that are vying for the district title. It's actually going to be decided tomorrow night, Flower Mound and Irving MacArthur. Um, they've both uh, – MacArthur got the – Hannah Hester's girl. Gusters. Speaking of, yeah, Hannah Gusters, Sarah Andrews. Um, so they've, um, yeah, MacArthur since getting back to uh, back to full strength. With Sarah Andrews coming off of that knee injury that had her sidelined for the uh, the first half of district. They've looked the part as far as one of the uh, one of the better teams in the entire state. They have not lost since Andrews got back, and including in that stretch was a win over Flower Mound, a, albeit a close one that went to overtime and whatnot. Um, you know, the rematch uh, tomorrow night. But it's, um, you know, you wonder again how uh, how that's going to factor into the uh, into the all district voting because you know at Flyerman they're another team that they've kind of built their uh, you know gotten to where they are based on a very balanced identity they don't have a single player in the team that's averaging over ten and a half points per game I but win it. huh I mean they, but it's just again like I said with balance they've got you know four or five girls that are all capable of contributing pretty big time um, you know you look at their um, you know it's a team that they, as far as the scoring and the rebounding it's all centers around their uh, their underclassmen front court of, uh, of Madison Cox and Sarah Edmondson they're their top two leading scores you know Cox if you're 
you're going to think of a player that's probably closest to working yourself into the MVP mix, you know, Madison Cox is, you know, 10.5 points per game, eight rebounds, almost two blocks. Um, I mean, if not MVP, then surely she gets newcomer of the year, you would think. Um, but then how do you evaluate that relative to a player like Hannah Gusters over at MacArthur, who, you know, you wonder how much they, uh, you know, the fact that she wasn't eligible to play until mid-December, if they, you know, if they dock, you know, that against her just for her lack of availability for the first, you know, juncture of the season. Um, you know, but she's a McDonald's All-American at the same point. So, I mean, do you really, I mean, how can you ignore that? I uh, smell a, a co-MVP. Could very well be. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, and I hate nothing more than the co-MVP. I wish you would just, you'd pick an outright winner. What I think might happen in Frisco, we might have co-MVPs. Okay. Uh, unless they well, just get them to go. You, you're, 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 you're all Frisco. There's no reason they should. I need to you. hit up Matt Wixon and be like, hey, let me get in this meeting. And, 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 and tell, uh, tell, tell, tell him the man that gave you the plan. All right, I'll have you. I'll bring you along with me too. <laughs> Make sure Kendrick gets credit. I will be his yeah. I'm a kidney guy that's never seen y'all play. Just bring him on. Bring him in this meeting. Me and him will just run the show. Yeah. But you have Frisco mm. Liberty, state runner up last year, yeah. lose all their starters to graduation. Randy Thompson going to North Texas, their best player, co MVP last year, mm-hmm. and they're 16 and 1. How? Well, <laughs> because you have a star sophomore in Jazzy Owens Barnett averaging yeah. almost 14 points per game. Uh, as a sophomore girl? As a sophomore. That I might not sound girl. like a lot. But their games are like 40 to 20, 30 to 15. Like, their defense is so good. I would say that. They put at Syracuse zone. They do. It's, it's a lot of scheme. Ross Reedy is yeah. the man. Like, he is, he is a legit coach. He's coach of the year uh, for sure. But then you have Memorial and, and Jasmine Lott, who plays on the same AAU team, summer league team, as Jazzy Owens Barnett. And they both have the same first name. Uh, she's averaging <laughs> – she's leading the district in scoring. Uh, and then you also have Kyla Day, <coughs> sophomore at Lone Star. They're 13 and 4. They also play on the same summer league team as the two Jazzies. And ironically, they're the three best, three of the best players in the district, three top teams right now in the district. Mm-hmm. Co-MVP, one of them. Uh, and they were both played a lot last year, or all three played a lot last year, so it's not like they're newcomers of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyla started. Uh, Jazzy Owens was kind of the, the sixth man, and, and Jasmine Lott was the best player on a, on a Memorial team last year that made the playoffs. So I don't know. I don't know how they're <laughs> going to figure that out. The easy choice would be to give it to yeah. Barnett from Liberty. But here's a question to you: For when it comes to playoffs, how do these Frisco teams think they're going to progress playing that slow down ball when they're going to see that up tempo? It worked for Liberty in the playoffs last year. I'm talking across the board. I think because I've seen I've seen them play in tournaments. And I was, that's one thing. It was like they play that. I call it the Syracuse Bowl. So like they play the tough amoeba. D, but they can't <laughs> yeah. really do that in the playoffs. The they they play a good D, but it's like they're gonna have to get up and down sooner or later, right? I mean, they have the they have the horses to do it. Like the girls I just mentioned, they you know I haven't even brought up you know Madison Ott at Centennial. Uh, last I saw, she was a candidate. I mean, she's not gonna be a McDonald's All American, but she was you know one of the candidates for it and. Centennial might not even make the playoffs, and you know that's the, oh, and she's a, a star senior. Um, Layla Patel is a junior on that Centennial team. She's one of the top scorers in the district too. Uh, and then Reedy is just really balanced from top to bottom. They you know they have a big game tomorrow night against Centennial to see who gets that fourth playoff spot. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see you know how you know who who will get what superlative. You know some. One of those jazzies or Kyla Deck is going to get offensive player of the year. Then someone, you know, they're they're going to have to distribute it evenly. But it's going to be a mix of those 
you know, five, six players that I just mentioned. Let's look at a couple teams that are probably among the more top-heavy in terms of scoring talent <laughs> in the uh, in our coverage area and um, that have players that will be in the mix for some all-district superlatives, no doubt. Um, Kendrick, over in District 10-5A, how do you parse between Amaria Fields and Chelsea Wooten as far as who is honored for what? Because obviously they're arguably the two best players in the entire district, and they should be recognized <laughs> as such. If I was going to give it, I'll give Chelsea the MVP, a lot, a lot of people, which I don't agree with, because oh, they're a senior, they deserve it. They may not be the better player, but in this case, if Chelsea don't go, McKinney North don't go. That's why I give her the MVP. Mm-hmm. And Mario Phil, she just flats out scores. She's averaged twenty five as a sophomore last year, twenty six, twenty seven this year. Yeah. So she's going. She puts up points. So give her offensive player of the year and get Chelsea the MVP. That's how I would go with that. But they're clearly the two best players. Like people running triangles and dues. All these girls. I've seen it happen three times with three different teams. So that's how much respect they get. They got coaches getting rid of triangle and twos to to stop them. That sounds like the colony. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. it sounds very much like the Colony. Um, so over in District 85A with the Colony. Now, to be fair, the Colony is probably not going to be able to work itself into the MVP mix just because they're playing. They've been playing catch-up to Denton Braswell and Lake Dallas all season. It does look like Braswell is going to end up capturing the district title. Little Elm tripped up Lake one, Dallas. Right? Hmm? Be their first one in school history. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're only, I mean, it's such a young varsity program. And, yeah, they have Braswell? Yeah. Yeah, was it like their third year, fourth year? Yeah, something, something to that tune, yeah. yeah. And they've just, they've been just, the arrow's pointing up on Braswell for sure right now. Um, but that's another team that, again, there's just so many players that just kind of contribute to what they do. I think all five starters have led the team in scoring over the course of district play. How do you really parse through that to determine which player is the most valuable? You know, whether it is, um, you know, whether it's their, uh, you know, their captains, uh, T.R. Starks, I mean, a Hall, Cameron Gibson. I mean, their leading score is actually a sophomore Lisa Williams I mean it's, it's but it's again it's a team that's not going to have a player that just gets you you know 20 a night or whatnot it's you know four or five players that get you you know 10 to 15 and just the uh, the team defense that they play it's a team that uh, really really thrives on just the collective body of work from what everybody puts in so again what does that mean when you're having MVP discussions whereas like last year you know when, when the colony you know ran the table in the district you know you knew that it was going to be you know either Jules Spear or Timia Jones and both players are probably going to be in the mix once more um, you, know, you would think that um, you know one of them's probably Looking at offensive player of the year, I would think that it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty uh, a pretty safe accolade there. You know, perhaps you go, you know, you go player like Jewel Spear, who's averaging nearly twenty five a game and whatnot. I'm curious to see where like Dallas facts into the mix, just because I mean, last year they were able to get the newcomer of the year with Mackenzie Buss. Um, she's not even playing this year; she's out with a knee injury, but they've still managed to, uh, you know, to you know finish, you know, most likely second in the district. And they, um, you know, whether it's you know either the Elliott sisters, JoJo or Georgia. <laughs> oh yeah, <Get> that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of talent there at Lake Dallas, and um, obviously with the colony, with two players like you know uh, Jules Spear, Timia Jones, that'll that'll account for about eighty five to ninety percent of their offense on most nights. I mean, how, again, it's just <laughs> it's like a bar just, Oh yeah, just, it is. Like <laughs> it really is. We need to get those. We need to get those two teams in the playoffs. I don't know what the uh, what kind of what where they would have to finish in order for that matchup to happen <laughs> next year. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, but that's a look at kind of where things are at in 85A. Uh, Devin, do you have anybody to round us out on this before we uh, head home? Uh, yeah, I wanted to, uh, to bring up 116A real quick okay. because uh, Horn and Tyler Lee play uh, tomorrow with the district championship on the line. Um, and I think Horn has the MVP on their team in Jasmine Shavers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jasmine Shavers is one of the most dynamic scorers. This is a girl who scores 20 points a night. Um, I saw her on Friday night play when they got a – Tougher than expected battle against North Mesquite, um, but Jasmine Shaver scores 15 points in the fourth quarter, uh, 25 in the game, and just uh, she, she just lights out. She can hit threes. 
I mean, one of those just one of those shooters that's fun to watch because you can tell when she when she's on, you can just see it. You know, from even from the stands, you're like, okay, she's she's got the touch right now, and it's just she's fun to watch. I think she'll be the MVP, even if Tyler Lee wins that game, which they beat Horn the first go around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Horn, Tyler Lee has two really strong players. I think in terms of district awards, cancel each other out. Um, but I, I think I think Jasmine Shavers is the MVP for for eleven six eleven six A. I think Talia Washington is a is a superlative award not, uh, candidate. Uh, you know, she's a six foot guard. That does a lot of different things. Uh, BNC Jackson is, is another player who's really come on strong and has actually been their second best scorer uh, all season long. So I, I think Horn um, is, is going to be a contender uh, in terms of those district wars in 11 6 A. 13 5 A is more up for grabs. Uh, Lancaster is uh, in first place right now. Uh, I think Skylar Barnes, who's, who's another 20 point uh, a game scorer uh, out of Lancaster, is probably going to be the district MVP. But I think Jeliah Johns over at Poteet uh, and Shamari. Henry over at West Mesquite are two kids to, to, to look at that should be should be considered for something. Okay, and that is a look at um, kind of where we are at right now as we as we creep up on the end of the regular season and some potential uh, district MVPs, some all district superlative talk. Um, you know the way it works on during the postseason is that once all of the teams from a certain district have been eliminated from the playoffs, that's when the coaches will release that stuff to the public and whatnot, and we will have that published on our website at StarLocalMedia.com when the time comes. Um, so yeah, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. We'll be back. Back at it on Thursday with another remote episode from Kelly's Craft Tavern out in Frisco. So, yeah, if you want to swing by, come say hi to the podcast. That's where we'll be on Thursday. Um, and in the meantime, folks, you enjoy your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.